In this episode of Info Product Mastery, we'll talk to Muhammad Afina about selecting a niche, validating it, and the customer acquisition process for info products. This is Info Product Mastery, episode 12. Welcome to Info Product Mastery, the podcast that helps developers, educators, and entrepreneurs launch and grow their online education businesses. Whether you're just looking to create a passive income stream or creating a full-time living. I'm your host, Adrian Rosebrock. And today we have Mohamed Afani on the show. Mohamed is a software developer with a specialization in embedded systems, specifically Bluetooth technology, and he helps engineers and developers learn how to create Bluetooth low-energy products through his books and courses over at NovelBits.io. How are you doing today, Mohamed? Good, great, great, Adrian. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, really a pleasure. Listen to all your episodes, so I'm excited to be a guest. <laughs> oh, thank you. I really appreciate the, the listenership. You know, getting this podcast off, off the ground is no easy task by any means. <laughs> but I'm so happy yeah. like, to have this, this community. I, I feel very lucky and, and privileged to just be able to interact with people in the space creating really awesome products. And you know, we, we first met, I guess, back in, what, 2017, 2018, back yeah. in, in MicroConf in Las Vegas. Is, is that right? Yeah, it was, I think, my, my first time going to MicroConf. And I think I had known about your website before. So it was uh, kind of exciting to meet you there in person. So uh, yeah, we met at MicroConf. If people don't know what MicroConf is, it's a small conference usually uh, focused on bootstrap software as a service businesses. So it's no, not a lot of the venture VC stuff that happens in uh, many other conferences. And it's a lot more focused on individuals or solopreneurs. However, it does not really cover as much as the businesses that you and I have run with info products and focusing on uh, writing content and producing digital products. Exactly. And I think that reason that you just stated that MicroConf really focuses on the more SaaS aspects of business is one of the reasons why I started this podcast is I really wanted to be able to, to help developers specifically learn how to create books and courses and sell them online. Because I think developers, and I, I've said this in previous episodes, but if, if a developer has any type of entrepreneur itch at all, you know, they'll get online and the general advice they receive is, you know, you know how to code, so you should build a SaaS app, you should build a mobile app, you, know, you should do things along that line. But really, there's this, this other opportunity that unfortunately isn't talked about much, and that's education, creating these books and courses that'll teach whatever you know to other people. And I think, you know, you are in this incredible, incredible niche, like, you do Bluetooth technology and low energy products. Like, how did you how did you come across this topic? It would be awesome just to hear about your background and yeah, you know, sure. how you how you got into it. Yeah, so I mean, I by trade, I'm uh, an embedded uh, software engineer. I got my master's in uh, electrical and computer engineering, and after graduating, I worked at different companies from Motorola to AudioVox, and then Thomson or Technicolor now, and worked on different products all the way from embedded Linux and. Em- middleware products all the way down to uh, RTOS and embedded systems, bare metal, and then started moving a little bit more into the wireless, low-power IoT space. And at my last uh, full-time job, I was at a small consultancy firm, and we took on projects from other companies uh, working on embedded products. And one of them, the first one that I was on was a Bluetooth-controlled door lock. And that was my first uh, intro into uh, Bluetooth Low Energy. 
I had heard of it before, but I didn't know the difference between Bluetooth Low Energy and Bluetooth Classic, which is what we use for audio streaming most of the time. So it was kind of daunting at first. It was very difficult to understand. And then a couple, you know, three, four projects later, I had the entrepreneur itch all along. And uh, my longest job was three years, which was my last full-time job. I've switched a lot of jobs over the years. This was a great company. It's a local company. It's great. I've been, I was very happy there. It's just there, there was something missing. And at the time, you know, I, I quit my job without knowing exactly what I wanted to do, which uh, if I would have gone back, it would have probably been a mistake. I would have uh, done something different. But in the end, you know, it's, uh, it's all in the past. It's history and things have gone well. So it took about a year or two. In the beginnings, I was looking at developing or creating software that maybe companies and developers would use for automated testing of Bluetooth low energy applications. So before I had, when I was working on different projects, I had worked with other wireless technologies. And for some reason, when I started working with Bluetooth and I really started to understand it, I just fell in love with the technology. I found like it's fascinating. The brand name is everywhere. Everybody knows Bluetooth. And so working with a technology that you could easily just, you know, people will recognize it. But in the end, under the hood, it's uh, it's being used in a lot of different applications. So that that really was my interest in Bluetooth Low Energy specifically. And over the years, well, in the, the first couple of years, I guess I spent my time just spinning around going from one project to the other, trying to figure out what I was you know, going to do with my business. Obviously, I started out with the consulting and doing some contract work that will help at least pay the bills and uh, give me the chance to create some revenue, but at the same time, have the time and flexibility to explore what I wanted to do with the business long term. And so the, the first thing after trying to develop different software applications and tools, I decided to do what's called customer development. And so I reached out on LinkedIn, connected with, I think, about 100 people and sent them in-mail messages, asking them to interview them uh, to learn about what their experience was with Bluetooth Low Energy. So these, these were people who are specifically experienced or they're within the Bluetooth Low Energy group on LinkedIn. They have BLE listed. Or BLE stands for Bluetooth. So it's the, an acronym for Bluetooth Low Energy. And it was listed on their profile. So I knew they would be at least have some good information for me to get started and kind of dig deeper and see where, what's missing in the market. So I was uh, lucky enough to interview 75 of those 100 people that I reached out to. So it was a good turnout rate. Everyone that I've talked to, uh, almost everyone, the recurring theme was that there was a lack of educational resources and training material online for or even offline on-site training. So that was one of the areas that I explored in the beginning as well. Just going off that and finding that as a recurring theme, basically, I just started a blog. You know, I had never blogged in my life before that. I was not a writer or anything. <laughs> I knew English pretty well, and I'm actually not an English native speaker, but I, I grew up in the States when I was a kid, and then we moved back to the Middle East. But anyway, with, I had a little bit of confidence in writing, but not as much. But all I really did was uh, kind of similar to what you described in previous episodes is to put out my learning journey and share it with others on my blog. Uh, so that's really how it started. And I started looking at different other entrepreneurs who are doing similar. That's how I came across your website. I don't remember exactly how I found you, but it was like very strikingly similar to the path that I was on. So I started looking at your offerings and kind of thinking, okay, this is an idea. This is an area where I could do the same just in my own niche. 
So the first thing that I did was after writing all the blog posts and going through and getting more familiar with a specific vendor chipset from a company called Nordic Semiconductor, I decided to write my first book on that. So that was uh, really my first info product. And I put it up for pre-order. So that was one of the things that I've uh, learned from MicroCom from all the other marketing and solopreneur uh, you know, bootstrap businesses is put up pre-orders and try to sell people first to see if there's actually a market need or not. And because people, you know, when, when they actually pay you, that means there is something that, it's, that they're going to get out of this and they actually want it. When I first saw those first dollars come in without me even writing anything yet, I, I had just pre-sold a few copies of that book. I mean, that was just really exciting. But at the same time, very motivating to keep going on and release that book. So that book was my first foray into info products and digital products online on the topic of Bluetooth Low Energy. That's really, really interesting. You know, there's a few points that you made in there that I think are really critical to hit on. And the first is you have to be passionate about whatever it is that you're doing and whatever it is you're teaching others, because there are going to be days when it's a grind, it's going to be tiring, like you're going to have to put in some long hours or, you know, maybe you're doing you're building this business nights and weekends and like you have a day job and you got to take care of the kids and your life is just chaos. But, you know, man, like I haven't got my weekly blog post out. I got to go do this. And if you're not passionate about it, you're you're going to run out of steam. You're not going to be able to do it long term. And it sounds like since you Absolutely. had this passion for Bluetooth low energy, that was critical to you being able to be successful in the long run. So I think that that's such an important yeah. concept that really needs to be stated. You know, the, the question I had for you, and I, I know this is a question for other listeners as well, is you know, some of the listeners, like they're, they're really good developers. They're just getting started in this info product business, the idea of creating a book or a course and selling it. And mm-hmm. I get asked all the time, like people come to me and say, hey, this is my niche. Like, Adrian, what do you think of this niche? And every time I kind of go back to them and I kind of politely say, like, listen, I'm not you know, the the niche blessing genie, you know, right? Like, I, I have no idea if this is a good, a good niche or not, especially once you get outside the field of artificial intelligence. But what I what I tell them then is like, you need to think about what your potential customers want, like, what are their needs? And how can you validate that your idea is good for them? And of course, the next question is, well, Adrian, how do I validate the niche? And I think, you came up with a really good example here is like you were getting on LinkedIn, you were searching for people who had specific sets of experiences and then you were reaching out to them and it sounds like you were having you know one-on-one calls with them to try and understand their pain points to figure out how you could fit in and, and solve an issue that they were having and you also said that you were you're creating these books and you were pre-selling them like how were you pre-selling them had had you built an email list first or were you reaching out to them on linkedin messenger and getting them to purchase yeah. like i think expanding on that would be super helpful to, to the sure. audience you know, for for me, and I think you kind of share the same opinion, email is gold. LinkedIn was was pretty good for getting direct one-on-one contact and connections with people in the space. But in order to sell to somebody, uh, you can't just rely on your website and just putting it out there without having some kind of audience, whether it's, you know, reaching out direct to people on LinkedIn by messaging them, telling them or telling your friends and uh, family, whoever is your target audience. But I've since the beginning of my blog, I did start an email list. And I was sending out just a weekly newsletter and notifications telling people about new blog posts that get published. So my email list started very small. I don't recall exactly how many people were on that list when I started pre-selling my book. 
but I would say it was just in the hundreds. It was not something that huge, you know, of a number. And I think in the end, if those are really targeted customers and they see that you're passionate about the content, you're providing value with the content, it doesn't matter how small the list is. The people are going to be interested in it. And if you get the right people on the list, you're going to be able to grow and grow a a business that can replace your full-time job in shorter time than you can imagine. Yeah, definitely. I think list size is something that trips a lot of people up because they'll say, you know, in order to build a successful product, I need 100 people on my list or 1,000 or, or 10,000. Well, you can't really base it on raw numbers. You know, it's, it's kind of like right. Facebook friends, for example. It's like you have 2,000 Facebook friends. It's like, yeah, okay, but they're not really your ideal audience, you know? Like you could like yeah. spam your email signup links everywhere and like get a bunch of people on your list. But if they're not really super interested in, in what you're selling, like it doesn't matter how large your email list is. Like you got to, they have to be people who are niche specific to what you talk about. And I think I think that's something that you do a really good job of. Is it seems like on your site you have, you know, you have a blog, you have this weekly email newsletter, this free ebook PDF, some YouTube content, you have a paid subscription course called Bluetooth Developer Academy. You know, can you walk us through this concept of a funnel? How does a person land on your website, become familiar with you, and then you get their email address and ideally eventually they become a customer. What does that path look like? Yeah. So, I mean, that path is kind of in flux right now. I'm actually working on figuring that out going forward. But in the past, uh, what I've done is I had a seven-day email course that people would go through. And at the end of the course, they are, you know, they're told about the Bluetooth Developer Academy and the the book that I had before. This book is now uh, no longer available because it was all a lot of source code. It became outdated very quickly. But all the content was made more sense to be within the Developer Academy, where it's more video-based with courses that can be updated over time much easier than PDF or some other kind of format. So the really, the funnel was very simple. It was subscribing to my email course over seven days and then getting pitched to join the Academy after that. Okay, that makes sense. So they, they would land on your website and then you had like an opt-in for someone to join a seven-day email crash course. And you know, for, for our listeners, you would build something like that using a tool like Drip or ConvertKit or ActiveCampaign. Like you write these emails once, they sit in this app. And right. then when someone joins your email list, they get automatically added to this campaign and they receive the emails. They're dripped out one by one, you know, over a couple of days or a couple of weeks. So it sounds like that's that was your lead magnet is you were getting people to enter in their email address for that crash course. They would go through the crash course and then towards the end of it, you would pitch them on whatever your paid product was. Yeah. And, you know, the first book was a lot of practical content with source code. And out of that same content, uh, it was over 300 pages at that time. I extracted the just the basics of Bluetooth Low Energy and created the, the intro to Bluetooth Low Energy book. And that's the one that I provide right now for free as a download. It's 100 pages. It's a quick read. Somebody can go from not knowing anything about Bluetooth Low Energy to learning all the basics they need to get into actually developing Bluetooth Low Energy applications. So that book has become my main lead magnet in the past, I would say, a year or two years. In the beginning, I was actually selling it on my website, and then I decided to make it available for free because there's a lot more expanded content and valuable content within the Academy now. One of the reasons also is that I wish I had that kind of book when I first got started. So I felt like if I provided this to people, they will get to 
be able to understand Bluetooth Low Energy very quickly and help them, you know, go through that path as fast as possible to get their products on the market. And it's also selling as a paperback on Amazon. So I self-published it on Amazon as a paperback. So if people want to get a paperback version, they can purchase it from Amazon. I think in the developer community, the concept of reciprocity is so important. And that's mainly due to the number of open source repos we have, like the free code, the yeah. free libraries that people use in their, their projects. So when a fellow developer comes across a blog such as yours, where you have this free 100-page PDF that really, you know, it, it doesn't cover necessarily a ton of theory. It's like, here's the things that you need to know to be successful. It gives you that practical feeling. As a developer, that's, that's so valuable and it makes you, makes you feel good. I've seen people who create those resource guide PDFs or those those uh, smaller ebooks like you've created, you know, that's not something that you have to create out of nowhere. Like you don't have to open up a Google Doc and say, hey, I'm going to write a book today. What you could actually do is just publish weekly and then create all these blog posts. And then you go somewhere like Upwork or Fiverr or freelancer.com and you hire someone to take those blog posts and format them into a nice, nice looking PDF, design a cover image for it. And then boom, like all the work you've done creating blog posts is now a lead magnet. It's this nicely yeah. formatted PDF that you, know, you could give away on your site. You could publish for a few bucks on, on Amazon as a Kindle download or, you know, go through the Kindle developer program and what was previously known as CreateSpace where you could print on demand books. So that's, that's really good. I like to see that you've also done that, that reciprocity as well. I imagine that's really resonated with your, with your readers. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. When they download it after a week, they get an email, a follow-up automated email asking them about feedback and how did they like the the book? Do they have any questions? And I mean, a lot of the times I get responses saying this was the the greatest book on Bluetooth Low Energy. I purchased all the other books and this one was uh, the most up-to-date is one thing. And the other one is that the approach that it takes to simplify things, you know, taking from the the spec of the Bluetooth is over 3,000 pages. So if you really wanted to go back to the official specification. And that's just one specification. That's the core spec. There are other specs for different types of technologies or protocols that build on top of Bluetooth Low Energy, like Bluetooth Mesh is another one that has like, I think, two or three specs. And then you have something new called LE Audio. So all the Bluetooth classic stuff that we use now for audio will be over the years transitioning over to using Bluetooth Low Energy versus uh, the classic audio, classic Bluetooth. And that one has over 20 specs by itself. That was just released. Uh, I think the, they still have a couple of more specifications that are yet to be released. But there's some a lot of really exciting changes happening in Bluetooth technology. So that's one of the reasons that keeps me passionate about it, is that it keeps growing and expanding into different areas and industries and verticals. So there's there's a lot of room to grow and a lot of areas that are new areas that are getting the benefits of using Bluetooth Low Energy versus the other low-power technologies that I've developed with in the past. You, know, you describe these super in-depth, like multi-thousand page you know, specs. And it's it kind of reminds me when I first started my journey starting PyImage Search and advice that I give to other developers trying to get an info product space is look for two areas. Look for like libraries and packages that are really, really popular but have really poor documentation. And specifically, they don't have like, they have like zero examples of how you actually take the library and build something cool and solve the problem. Because if you can find that, well, now you know there's an audience that's Googling for this library 
and they can't find any working examples. So you start just coding up these examples, you get indexed in Google, all of a sudden, you show up in the top search results, people start coming to your site, because you're showing the practical hands on ways of doing this. And that was the case with OpenCV back in 2014, 2015. It's like, the documentation was really poor. Like you would have examples for Python, Java, and C++ all on the same page. You know, the, the code wouldn't be that well documented. There wouldn't be any screenshots showing you what the expected output was going to be. It was really challenging. So that's like a great way to look for a niche that you could start a topic in. And the other side is, is look for like those more like bureaucratic examples, I'll say, like, which probably what Bluetooth falls into where you have these large organizations putting out these multi-thousand page specs that no one in their right mind is going to, to read through. So as the expert, you're able to distill that knowledge. You're able to provide it in a condensed, digestible format, ideally in a practical way. And if you can do that, that is another way you could find a niche. Yeah, absolutely. What was the biggest win you've had running your business? Really, uh, I can't specify a specific, you know, one single win. But over the years, it's just been like the, the satisfaction really in the wins, I would say, are not monetary as much. But it's more in terms of people emailing me back and saying how much value they got out of this, how much help this has been, or a blog post, or a course within the academy has been. I mean, that just makes my day, usually. It's just something when I hear somebody happy with uh, with what I provide as a value, and they're just, you know, they, they save hours or weeks of, of work by just getting this value from the website or from the academy. I mean, that's just that's a win by itself that I think would be the number one win. Yeah, in, t- in terms of other wins, when you when you become more of a, an online authority in the space, uh, I don't know if I'm a, an authority, but you know, just publishing a lot of content on a specific topic and helping people, there, there's got to be a lot of consulting requests that come in as well. When you start publishing, people are going to search for terms. They're going to find that you published a blog post about this. They need help with a, a product. So it's it's really easy if you are focused on growing a consulting business. Then I, I, online blogging and content marketing is really key, and it can really grow your business very quickly. Now that's not my my main goal, especially for the long term, is just to focus on providing value for my members within the academy and providing courses and info products. That's really the main goal for me because I think that it has a lot more impact than working one on one with separate clients. But it also is a lot more scalable and works well, fits well within my the lifestyle that I want. And just being able to work on my own hours and on my own flexible location as well. We can work from anywhere as long as you have a computer and I guess a development kit in my case. That's really what keeps me going with this business is just being able to work from anywhere, being flexible, being able to spend time with family whenever I want and still providing value and making an impact. Yeah, I think the point you just brought up about consulting and the scalability is really, really important, especially in in the early days. Like maybe you're still working your nine to five job and you're starting your info product business, doing that nights and weekends. And you might get it to the point where you're making a couple grand a month, but it's not enough for you to quit your day job yet. One thing that you could do to get out of your day job is to do a bit of consulting on the side. And you know, with, with a consulting gig, you're typically able to charge a higher hourly rate than what you're getting paid at a at a nine to five job. Of course, you got to pay your own taxes, and there's other other things you got to worry about. But that could be a really great way to get out of your nine to five job, still have money coming in, and be able to grow your info product business at the same time. And I'm I'm 100% in agreement with you. 
I could not do a consulting business because I value my freedom too much. Like I, with running Pyramid Church, like I probably could have made more money doing the consulting thing. But like, then you have to deal with client relationships and developing those relationships, maintaining those relationships, demos, and what happens if the client isn't happy. And then you got to build out a development team. It's, it's a lot of work. And some people are extremely good at it. And I am so happy for them. I would just encourage listeners to, you know, take a bit of introspection and say, what is it that I, I really want to build? Am I more interested in the software development side, in which case I want to run a team and build products for people? And then the info product business is just a kind of a client generation business? Or do I want to have more freedom, have my own time back, be able to travel the world, do what I want when I want? Then you like you start venturing more into the lifestyle business of, of info yeah. products, where the info product business is paying the bills, putting a bit back in savings or, or retirement each month. But you know, you're not acquiring, you know, these hundred thousand or multi-million dollar dollar contracts. It's really just dependent on what you want to build. Yeah. I mean, I feel like sometimes it helps to have a little bit of the consulting work going on because it keeps your, you know, your feet wet within the industry and you know what's going on. But yeah, the main focus for me is to be running the academy and the the website and the, the blog and creating the courses. And, you know, you just hit on it. The, the scalability is really key because what if you have one or two clients that are consulting and then you lost one of them and then you're hit with a 50% or whatever percentage of your income? Well, with, with something that's online that's more scalable with courses or a membership site or even info products, you know, if you lose one or two or people ask for refunds for a couple of products or months of membership, I mean, you're still not, you're not, you know, in the water. You're still, you have a lot more clients covering covering the vast majority of your income. Right. It's effectively an application of law of large numbers. You're, everything's going to average out. You know, that's yeah. one of the benefits of having that info product business with a large number of customers is, especially in your case, you, know, you have that monthly recurring revenue component to your academy. So if a couple users churn out at the end of the month, it's not a big right. deal as long as you can replace them the following month. So that that makes total sense. For people like you and me, I think the holy grail is that we want to be able to make money while we sleep. And info products mm-hmm. allow you to do that. People will come onto your website and they will purchase while you're asleep and you'll wake up the next morning and there'll be more money in the bank account yeah. than when you went to sleep. And that's a great, great feeling. With consulting, you know, Absolutely. that's not really the case. You can only charge when you're actively online and doing work. So, you know, it's again, it's, it's all about what's important to you, what you want to prioritize, the type of business you want to build. And, and speaking of which, do you have any advice for people who are looking to start a content business through blogging or authoring ebooks and creating online courses? Yeah, I mean, speaking from my own experience, you know, I, I had not blogged before I started my website and all that. And it was it was a little bit scary at the beginning, especially, you know, the imposter syndrome, you think that you're not, you don't have the credibility to post and, and blog about this topic. And uh, eventually, you know, you grow into becoming an authority or an expert. It's just by sharing with the world your experience and your knowledge and just going through the learning process and sharing that with the others. So I think in the beginning, you will have that fear and it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Just go out of your comfort zone. I think that's the biggest advice that I have. And like, for example, one of the examples for me is was I I had never recorded any videos before. And then I had a client who came to me and they wanted to create a whole video series on educating developers on Bluetooth Low Energy. So that was like, they invested in me for maybe a couple of months of 
just content creation and uh, coming up with the ideas for the videos. And I did the whole recording of the video, the production, the editing on my own. And in the beginning, I was terrible on video. And then over <laughs> over time, it, ju- it just became better. And those videos are actually on uh, on YouTube. They're under their the company's uh, name, but I'm there in uh, you know in person. So that has also gained me some credibility in the market as well in the Bluetooth low energy space. But I was not comfortable on camera before that. I just I had to go out of my comfort zone and just challenge myself in order to you know overcome these obstacles. Great advice. Get out of your comfort zone and and ship it. Just ship it. Yeah. Even if you, even if it's like not great. Even if you feel like you could do better, like take it as a learning point, just ship it, get some Absolutely. feedback and iterate. That's what developers are good at, right? Like we build something yeah. and the first iteration probably isn't going to be so good. Like maybe it's the bubble sort equivalent of like writing your first blog post, like terribly, terribly yeah. inefficient. That's, that's fine. But it's, you got, everyone has to start somewhere, get some content out there, get, get outside of your comfort zone. And I, I think that's yeah. a great place to wrap it up. So Muhammad, if people want to chat or connect with you what's what's the best place to reach you at yeah the best place is my website novelbits.io i also have if you want to get the bluetooth low energy the intro to bluetooth low energy book i i have a url just go to learnbluetooth.com and that'll take you to that website where you can download the book to learn more about bluetooth low energy or ble great thanks so much Mohammed. we really appreciate having yeah, you thank here thank you adrian it was a pleasure and thank you for having me on the show of course thanks so much if you have any questions about this episode or suggestions for future episodes, send me an email at questions at infoproductmastery.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review in whatever podcatcher you use, whether it's Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or Spotify. Not only do these reviews help motivate me to help me create new episodes, but they also help other developers, entrepreneurs, and educators find the show. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.